Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talkhouse Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a love fest between two musicians who came together to create one of the year's most electrifying records. Enno Williams of Ibibio Sound Machine and Joe Goddard of Hot Chip. Ibibio Sound Machine has been mashing up sounds for just under a decade now, blending elements of Afrobeat and electronic music into a fierce combination that inspires dancing, chanting, and sweating, at least when they're allowed to hit the road. Williams is a force of nature on their newest album, Electricity. She was born in London, but grew up in Nigeria, specifically the Abibio region, and was exposed to those incredible regional sounds before moving back to London for school and steeping herself in the electronic music happening there. Electricity captures her vision pretty perfectly, thanks at least in part to today's other guest, Joe Goddard of Hot Chip. As you'll hear in this chat, Goddard was a fan of Abibio Sound Machine, having seen one of their incredible live performances at a festival, and the feeling was mutual. Goddard and his Hot Chip collaborators came in to produce Electricity, which was the first time a BBO had used an outside producer. You can hear the hot chip fingerprints all over the record. It's an amazing collaboration that both sides are clearly very happy with, as evidenced by this chat. And just moments ago, for me anyway, it'll be later for you, Hot Chip announced a brand new album of their own. Freak Out Release will be out in August, and Hot Chip will play the second weekend of Coachella this Saturday. Check out a little bit of a BBO Sound Machine's Protection from Evil, which Williams and Goddard talk about in this conversation. Hard not to sing or chant along with that one. Elsewhere in this podcast, Goddard and Williams get deep into the musical influences, including Nigerian electronic music pioneer William Anyabor, Afrobeat legend Fela Kuti, and more. They also talk about how sometimes the audience doesn't know you're having a bad show, and about the, quote, super synth power they found while working together. Enjoy. I mean, where do we start from? I really don't know. <laughs> I just remember just hearing you guys. From the first record, actually, it was uh, Coming On Strong, the track Beach Party. Yeah. And I just remember you all singing together and it just caught my ear because it reminded me of um, like the uh, male choral, Ibibio male choral group growing up in Nigeria. And it just like caught my ear. It just reminded me of that. And of course, the synth. And I thought, my God, that track sounds really amazing. And I just really <laughs> just got into like just hearing and listening out for what you guys were doing every now and then i was just like oh what are hot chips up to and you know and every now and yeah. then and then of course you did that um william Munyepo atomic yes. bomb rework and it was like oh my god hot chip i was like wow i love them and william Munyepo was like one of my like musical early musical heroes at the time you know oh okay that's really interesting to hear because <laughs> I remember. I remember we were kind of like referencing some of his records yeah. when, we, when we were working together, and they 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 are just like so so unbelievably great, aren't they? Like I know. so much kind of energy and like creativity exactly. in in the in that music. 
I mean, at the time, because growing up, he was one of the first people actually saw like using like synths in his yeah. music, and no one else. I mean, back then, growing up in in Nigeria, no one else had done that. So it was like quite interesting that you guys like you know took that work and just redid, put your own stamp on it. And I just like you know very simple, the laid back, the the vocals, the synth lines, and everything was just like really really cool. And I think, and then we'd seen you at like a few festivals, and I always used to be like, oh my god, they're so cool, they're so amazing, their sound is just. So so huge, so big, you know? <laughs> and I think it was Blue Dot. When I saw you guys at Blue Dot, we were like, oh my God, we were like completely blown away. I was like, what the heck? The sound, it was just like hitting you. I think in my head, I was secretly hoping, I was like, oh my God, I hope, you know, I just kind of <laughs> wish, I was like, I wonder if we can get to work together. And then sure enough, not too long after that, of course, our management, like we're talking, oh, you know, about the idea of us working together. I was like, oh my God, that would be such a great opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, it was just really great timing for everybody, wasn't it? Because we yeah. watched you at Blue Dot and really loved the show as well. And I, and I remember another time when you guys played live at that same Rough Trade that you just played yeah, at recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was DJing before, of maybe. Of course, yeah, you did mention that, yes. And I really, really remember you were just really smiley and lovely and like... <laughs> Everyone was kind of dancing as we were DJing and, and people and people were playing um, percussion along to like yeah, the music because yeah. you guys were just setting up ready to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the vibe was just amazing. It was so cool. I know. We got so many things in common, haven't we? I think we really yeah. like, we really share a lot of, you know, the things that we love in music, I think are quite similar. Definitely. And it's, and it's funny that you brought up Onyebor because... You know, his music has a lot of kind of strangeness and kind of like yeah, quite, quite wonky, quirky, yeah. like synth solos and things like that. And that's def that's definitely definitely something that we do a lot. I think there's that thread between that that sort of brings our sound together. I'd say because I think yeah, you know, now now looking back on like when we started trying to like you know put the album together when we came to you guys and everything, and you kind of really respectfully just like you know just kind of still stay true to what we do but trying to put your yes. own vibe and your own like sound and you know just the bigness of the way you you work we're trying to like interpret our, you know our sound differently which was really really quite good i mean i remember so many magical moments there's just so many great moments working with you guys in the studio it was, <laughs> it was hard work but it was such fun as well i mean i remember you know you just sitting there every day would come and you just be there like on the computer <laughs> there focused like for hours and i'll just sit there watching you thinking how the heck is he able to just stay so focused? <laughs> I would sit there just watching you and just absorbing and just trying to remember. And I'm like, just like, you know, and then at the end of the night, you'd be like, right, okay, do we like this? And then you'd play everything on the big speakers and then I would just be like, oh, smiles. And then you'd, be, you'd have this smile on your face like, right, yeah. yes, this is what, this this is is what I want to hear. Yeah, this is working, you know? Yeah. And I remember I remember Al on, um, on uh, Protection from Evil, you know, when he's like playing that huge synth line on yep. protection from evil. The big MOOC. Yeah, the big book, the MOOC 3C that inspired the line, you know, um, spiritual protection from evil. Because I remember oh, you, yeah. you guys were like, oh yeah, this is also cool and like really just like abstract and cool, but what does it really mean? And I just remember just bursting out spiritual protection, yep. from invisible protection from evil. And you were like, right, that's going to be the chorus. That was a really brilliant day, wasn't it? Because I, re I remember you um, on the vocoder as well <laughs> yeah. on that day. 
And you were just like, you were so happy and so like energetic and just really, there was such a good feeling in the room. Oh my God. I guess what, I'll get, I get to play the Wakoda on this. I mean, I guess I should surprise you guys when we see it. I'm going to leave it, I'm going to leave it as a surprise because that, that was so, I was so inspired by that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to like really like commit to doing, to yeah. doing this now, you know? And of course, you know, when we're trying to like sort the chorus for all that you want. Yeah. You know, when we're like trying to like come up with that, the, the chorus idea, we came in and then you played, we played around words, you just played around different ideas and, and well, and of course, Owen and everyone else. So it was really, it was really great working yeah. with you guys. I remember Al is quite helpful in those situations, isn't yeah. he? Because he's, he's so musical. He can come up with nice melodies and things like that. Definitely. It was so, so great just trying to like, just bring out that, you know, the connection and the, the, the vocal line and everything. It was a really lovely kind of situation for us because when you guys brought the tracks in, they were already really kind of yeah. like quite quite formed, weren't they? Like it, I just felt like our role was just to kind of amplify a little bit where we could, you know. That's true. But I had so I had so much respect for all the work that you guys had already done. It was all so good. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for us. Like um. Just the, all of the different musicians that you brought in, like there were so many lovely experiences for us. There's so many different moments, isn't it? I mean, Alfred coming in with on the Corrigo and then Aflau on percussion, Joseph on drums, PK on bass, uh, Scott and Tony and Max on horns and the, the synths as well. It was just great. Everyone just brought so much so much, you know. It was a real learning experience for us because it was one of the first big projects that we've kind of taken on in this studio. So we were really oh my kind God, of... you guys, you handled it like, like, like proper pros though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was nervous, like, at times, like... Oh my God, you did not show it. I, mean, but I guess because you're so passionate, I mean, I could see, you know, your passion in what you do and everything, to so the joy, just working. I mean, just even work, watching you working, it's just like trying to get that real sound of what you want it to be. Like, it's like painting a picture. I could always see you trying to paint this picture and, yeah. and you, until you got it, you were not satisfied. And I could see that. I'm very like obsessed with trying to just get it as good as I possibly can. You know, it's really, it's really what drives me in my whole life and like makes me feel fulfilled. It gives me so much joy when it, as you said before, like when something starts to sound good, it makes me so happy. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that between you and Al and Owen, you know, when he's like trying to make things. And then I could see, you know, when you're working and then Al's there on the other desk just trying to like kind of marry things together like yeah. a puzzle. And it's just, yeah. it just fascinating watching you two. I was like, geez, you know, I really <laughs> respect what, you know, what you really brought to the project. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much. No. And I keep saying to people, it would not have been the same without you guys because you brought that real electronic sensibility to our sound. So on behalf of the band, and I just want to say thank you Aww. so much from the bottom of our hearts, you know. I would say the same thing to you. You know, it was it was such a positive experience for us. And I just can't wait to come and see you guys again. And and there's all, I'm, I'm, I'm also like really excited about that that song of mine that you sang on. Oh my god! I was so shocked when you asked me to do that. I was like, oh my god! Wow. Okay. I was really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Al and I just just love your voice. It's so Thank full you. of full of soul and energy and like so tuneful and lovely. I just feel super happy about the way that the you know six music have been supporting you guys and. Like, it's just been a lovely thing all around, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, and then I think considering that everything happened during lockdown and well, as well, and to be able to have 
come together and get that done. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, there was a pressure of, you know, having to like isolate, having to work in bubbles and everything. But I remember that first like Zoom um, call we had and I just kept scratching my head wondering, oh, my God, is this going to be possible? Are we going to be able to do it? We're in lockdown. I know. And then just trying to find that time and just lock it down in the diary. Like, right, okay, we're going to come together and do it. So the minute we came together from the start and then when we finished, I was like, it always like... This big weight was like off my shoulder. Oh my god, we've done it! We've done it. And then the next thing was like to like to get it out. So I'm so I'm so 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 happy for the work you guys you know put in. <laughs> like I said, you know, it's just like too much, too much, too much, too much. Thank you, too much. Thank you. So we're so honored, we're so honored to have been able to like you know work with you guys. Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the Talk House podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of Talk House is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. I just was going to ask, when he was talking about Onyebo earlier, was he kind of like making music or performing and things when you were growing up, or was he not not really doing that so much? Oh, no, he was. He was making music, because I remember one of his songs, um, uh, what was it now, the... Um, Many when the going is good and yeah, when, yeah. When, the, when the going smooth is good, and good. It was smooth and good. It was like a song that when he released it, I think I must have been probably about fourteen, fifteen. I'd hear it in in secondary because I was in boarding school, and then I would constantly hear it like in the market because my my nan had a like a, a distributorship in uh, the local market in Lagos. So it was just a constant sound that you heard all the traders and they would just play, they just like played it and killed it, you know? And then I remember, I remember seeing posters of he would come, cause he was from the South. He was like from the, the South of Nigeria, but then he would go around like the little clubhouses. And I mean, at, at the time I was like too young to go to a clubhouse anyway. But then my dad would sometimes play and then they would go to see him in concert and then he'd come back and tell us stories about, oh yeah, this is what he's, this is the latest one he's released. And then at the same time, because the market was where his music was like really distributed, people would be watching out, there would be places where you go and listen to and they'll be like, oh my God, what has he made next? 
So everybody would be looking out for, oh my God, what's what's Onyebo up to next and everything. Wow. But it was quite a mystery. It was kind of, there was something quite mystical and there were so many stories. I mean, I don't know if they're true or not, but there were so many stories about the way he worked. You know, he didn't really disclose what he, how he worked. He had a factory actually in Enugu where all the records were like pressed and everything. And it was only a select few. It was only very handful, uh, a handful full of people that knew how he worked. And it wasn't like open to the public and everything. Yeah, it's quite secret. Yeah, very, very, very secretive. And I think over time, that's why people came to respect, you know, his sound and his music and the way he, way he made made music, you know? Yeah. 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 The records do sound kind of magical, mysterious, don't they? Oh, yeah. We always used to say that he was probably one of those that, you know, there's some people that have got that gift and they're so ahead of their time, they don't even know. Yeah. So, like, when he was making all that music and, you know, just coming up with all those synth ideas and everything, he was like, I'd, I'd say he was so ahead, so, so ahead of his time. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. What about someone like Fela Kuti? Like, when you were younger, was he still alive and kind of... Because he had oh, his, like, he had his, like yeah. compound in Lagos, right? He had his compound in Lagos. The funny thing, you know what? I used to hear stories because there were friends of mine in secondary school that would go to the shrine. I couldn't go to the shrine because my parents were like very, very strict. And the shrine was like, he was considered a troublemaker. But it wasn't until I got older that I really appreciated his music. Because my mom, my mom was a bit into him, but just because he was radical. But then it was like, okay, it was music for like, she used to say it was music for the older ears. So yeah, you can listen, but but I'm not going to expose you too much. <laughs> Bella. Anyway, okay. Because he was quite political. He had, you know, like this, you know political agenda and he was speaking for the people and everything so i never went to the shrine but i i heard stories my friends were, you know when would they go on holiday and they'd come back from holiday they'll come and read narrate all you know that they saw or they heard about the music and the many wives it sounds like quite a <laughs> quite a wild place um like a lot it of was, partying a lot that part of town as well it's like ikeja was more like i would say it's more like it's not like the posh part of Lagos. It's more like, yeah. you know, the downright, you know, just like yeah. grotty, just like down to earth, just no no pretenses and everything. Like he wrote in his music, everything was just real and just raw. So that's what it was all about, yeah. Amazing. I was watching like a documentary thing about Paul McCartney recently and he once visited <laughs> yeah. the shrine and like he said it was one of like the greatest musical experiences in his whole life. It's kind of good that he's being celebrated now because... He's one of the forefathers of pretty much the, the inspiration and the originator of Afrobeat music. And everyone sort of looks to him for that sound, you know, especially like with the horns and with the drums, you know, with the with everything that he did. So it's kind of, he was like a forerunner and pretty much a pace setter for, for a lot of the Afrobeat music that we hear today. Yeah, absolutely. It's still being celebrated even in, in the today's Nigerian sound, even though it's kind of been taken a bit more American, but you still hear that reference in a lot of the music that's coming out of Nigeria right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the amazing kind of like modern Afrobeats records. Yeah. Like, I just think they're incredible, like um, rhythmically and like the engineering is so amazing, melodically. Mm -hmm. Everything you can hear the history of that music, but it's That's right. it's amazing how it's developed and and how modern it sounds. The thing is, when you hear like Femi's music and Shun's music, it still has that reference to their father's music. But then they take it. Obviously, they they both have taken it like two different parts where it's still Afrobeat, but they've got their own identities in in, in the music and still paying respect to to the music of their father as well. Anyway, yeah. So what age did you come to the UK first? 
Well, I was like tw- 19, 20 at thereabouts. Okay. <laughs> Going to go to uni and then I started doing music. I was in the choir, in the church choir. And then I sort of did sessions here and there. I studied accounting, international business, got that oh, out yeah. of the way. Yeah. And then just music just kind of took over. And one thing led to another. And then, because over the years, and then I met um, Max, and then we sort of started thinking of the idea of putting something together. And at the time, it was Max and uh, a guy called Leon and Benji. We sort of started the whole Ibibio thing together. Yeah. And then, of course, and we had Alfred and then Tony and then Scott. How is Alfred doing? He's great. Is he still is he still up for touring and everything? Oh, like yeah. He's, he's Oh, yeah. Like we, we were talking about it in the van. So much energy. Yeah, he's got so much energy. I mean, he's got like, the end of the show, he's got groupies. People wanting to like, you know, just like, <laughs> get with him. <laughs> I can see why he's like such a charming, like, so yeah, charismatic. Yeah, he's great. He's so charismatic. I mean, every time he's doing that, like, when we're introducing at the end of the show, when we're introducing like everybody, I'm like, oh, this is our King of High Love, Alfred Bannerman. And everyone just goes screaming because they're like yeah. so like stoked and just so like, I don't know, like someone like him is like still going. And then even my mom, because my mom looks up to him so much because she's, oh. she's been on the road with us a few times. She's always asking, oh my God, how is Alfred? How is Alfred? Is he still playing? I like, yeah, she goes, wow, I want to be like him when I grow up. I really remember like when we, when we saw you guys at Blue dot and he was just yeah. like s- sitting back with his foot on the monitor yeah. and just like super relaxed but just playing these yes, amazing yeah. amazing parts he's just so cool he's such a talent he's got a lot of style yeah he's just like on another level totally it must be great to like listen to him every night on stage oh, it's a treat a real treat <laughs> <laughs> you're going to america very very soon anyway right yes going soon we're going to play coachella festival and then tour around nice yeah i saw that that's gonna be great isn't it yeah i'm very excited yeah i just i just hope that like everybody gets on the airplane and nobody gets stopped because of getting covid or anything like that and yeah once we're all there in la i'll just be able to relax and just enjoy I it no isn't it, that's always the way isn't it it's just like there's just these moments of like just like just stress so much to think about but then when so you get like going through different hurdles and then you get to one and then to the next and then you can just yeah. chill and just breathe for a bit yeah going on tour can be quite a stressful thing anyway even without thinking mm. about all of these things you know but yeah. I just can't wait until we're kind of like in the swing of things you know you know that brilliant feeling when you've been playing a few shows and everyone kind of really knows what they're yes, doing. Yes, everyone yes. starts to feel comfortable, you know. That is true, yeah, yeah. That's that's just the best, isn't it? Like Yeah. Like I I I'm going to be away when you guys play your London show, but I'm I'm just really really can't wait to because you guys I think when I see you it will probably be at one of the festivals in the summer, so you guys will have been playing a bit already. Yeah, we'd have been playing a bit already, so hopefully yeah, you'll be tight so enough it's gonna so you'll be t- see- tight and together. <laughs> It's yes. going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have so much fun. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys again too. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait, honestly. <laughs> so you're playing Manchester tonight? Yeah, tonight we're playing Manchester. And then tomorrow we're doing the Sixth Music Festival in Cardiff. And then oh, we've got brilliant. And then Birmingham. Yeah. That's really great. That's the pressure. I mean... I don't know if I should say this anyone needs to be that's a pressure one anyway so as soon as we're kind of done that then we can like okay chill for a bit and then move on to the next lot you know yeah, I mean, all, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. they're all in, they're all important anyway they're all like you know in the same we have to place the same level of importance to everything but there are usually some that is more like 
pressure focus because you just want to make sure it's all right, you know? Yeah, well, on with the Six Music one, they broadcast quite a lot of it, don't they? So you don't want to make a big mistake on those shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm sure it's I don't know how it is with you guys because you've been doing it for so long. But I guess it's this, it's kind of the same, isn't it? You kind of... You know what you're doing, but then you still want the elements and everything to go right and be great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if it's, the, if it's the same with you guys, but like with us, it's it's really like a psychological thing. Like at the, be- at the beginning of the show, like, you know, if the show kind of begins well and everything just kind of steamrollers, like becomes like the energy gets better and better and better. But if it's like towards the start of the show and like there's a little mistake or something oh. goes wrong, sometimes our confidence kind of drops and everyone's yeah. a bit edgy, it's you know? Same. Do you know it's what I mean? The it's yeah. the same. Like, and then, you know, sometimes it could even be maybe just the sound in the room and maybe things like, I mean, like yesterday, for example, all the gigs up until yesterday were just like, fine, we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is like great, you know, to be, have been like rehearsing the material and then come out and do it. And then yesterday, we spent such a long time trying to get the sound in the venue right. And it wasn't really, really what we wanted, but then we still had to just get up and just do the show. Just do it, yeah. Just do it. But then certain things got kind of affected during the show and then but you just have to like just power through and then you're totally right at that moment you kind of feel like oh my god but then the audience a good thing about the audience never know right yeah but then you like you know within ourselves like oh my god so you just have to find a way to just like find like an anchor to just power on and be like okay right we just have to keep going just find the positive and just find find dig deep and find that energy and be like right okay we're just gonna go for it but it's one of the funniest things isn't it like when you can be having like a quite a hard time sometimes on stage you know can't really hear what you're doing and you don't feel like mm-hmm. you're putting a good performance and then you speak to people afterwards and they're like that was great well yeah, I know that was great. and it makes you think like well like what is it well, like what does it <laughs> mean if like if I have a terrible a terrible show but no one even knows like what, know. so what's the point sometimes I ask well, well we had the same show then <laughs> yeah oh dear <laughs> And like, that's just we live music isn't it yeah that's the beauty of music that you know as much as because I think Maybe it's just the perfectionism in everyone that you want things to go right a certain way. But then the audience, at the end of the day, always feel like they're there to have a good time. And the audience is usually very forgiving. As long as, you know, you just go for it and then just enjoy it, despite everything happening. Yeah, and you're yeah, you're good on stage at kind of like... <laughs> I try. Getting people going. I saw you doing a really cool dance to um, Protection from Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that gets me i can't tell you that just gets me all the time like yeah i mean i thought i was gonna be the onlooker on that one but even i like i don't know some kind of energy some super i think it's a super your super <laughs> su- your super synth power comes through to me at that point in time <laughs> yours and ours super synth energy i just feel it the same energy that you guys were, you know, sort of driving into it. I remember just hearing it in the big speakers in the studio and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be huge. I just, I could just picture it. I could just picture it. And it's like, it's coming, it's coming to manifest right now. I remember you saying like um, some of your energy and kind of your, your confidence and things comes from your religious faith as well, right? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Because that features in that song, doesn't it? Like, yeah. and I just, I just thought that was such a lovely thing. You know, you've got this kind yeah. of faith that... It, like, I mean, yeah, I, I've never really, I haven't really grown up being religious, oh. but I'm, I have so much, I'm just kind of in awe of that. Thank you. I mean, it's just the way I feel like, I mean, for that song in particular, because when we wrote it, it was like all that, during that 
dark, crazy time when just things were just like, just, just and so much uncertainty and that gloom over us. And it was like just a, a spiritual cry out for like some kind of protection because, you know, it's like everybody was vulnerable. Everybody could be hit at any time. So it was like, right, we kind of need some kind of a bubble. We need some kind of protection. And I remember just reverting to like, I don't know much what to do, but I know that the chant, the spiritual chant kind of always comes in. I don't really know what I'm saying. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But then like when you guys were asking, what's it really about? I thought, hang on a minute. It's a spiritual invisible protection from evil. (laughs) That's the only way I can explain it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think that's a really nice thought because everyone does feel a little, like things are a little bit out of control at the moment. And then even right now, you know, it's like, it's like it's never ending. It's like it's from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So we definitely need some kind of covering. We definitely need some kind of protection from from the evils that are about, you know, right even right now. Yeah. Has that one been going down well with the crowd at the shows? Oh my God, yes. Literally, you know, when it starts, I do explain that, you know, it was written during lockdown and the fact that, you know, we had that cloud, just the same thing I just said. And then I say, well, it's just my cry, my own spiritual chant, you know, to have some kind of protection from evil and then we start and the minute we start like halfway through it's like people just lose themselves they come out of themselves and then by the time it gets to that synth like spiritual invisible protection from evil people are just like going just mental just crazy (laughs) like the last few shows i was quite nervous about that one because like with speaking in tongues it's quite a sacred thing you know like right really it's quite and then I was not sure, you know, how people were going to sort of like receive it. I don't. I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like, okay, are people going to be like, oh, what's all that? You know, what is she saying? You know, and that's. I was like, that was so. <laughs> what's she talking about? I know what she's talking about. What is that? And then I was thinking maybe people might start making fun, be like, oh, is it mumbo jumbo, blah blah blah, and everything. Is that like some hocus pocus? I was thinking, oh my god. So then we did the video, and then I thought, oh my god, and then people were like, what the heck? That is so, and there's so much power there, and everything. Yeah. There is a lot of power. Yeah. So when we get to that song in the show, it's just like energy. It's just like, it's just like goals. I had an experience before of like going to watch a band where I had helped produce uh, one of the songs. And for me, like sitting in the audience and like hearing it was such a joyful thing. Like I really can't wait for that moment. Oh, I can't wait. We can't wait for you to to hear it, you know. We can't wait for you to hear it, you know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again, yeah. (sighs) But, like, send my love to all of the guys. I will do. It's been so nice catching up. It's really, really been lovely talking to you. Yeah. So, again, from the bottom of our hearts, from the whole band, thank you for, you know, what you brought, the energy that you brought to, to the project, to all the songs, and just, you know, just taking us to another level so thank you for your skill for your time for your love and your support as well thank you so much it's it's really like it's a really like an experience that i really cherish and i'll always remember thank you (laughs) (laughs) enjoy yourself out in america and love to everyone and have a great time i can't wait to see you all very very soon it's gonna be fire 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 all right lots of love thank you Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast, and thanks to Enno Williams and Joe Goddard for chatting. If you like what you heard, please follow TalkHouse on your favorite podcasting platform. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.